In the words of Oprah, college is a party. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Unguided. Hey, today, no hello, everyone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I decided to switch things up a little bit. Mm. But of course, Auntie and I are so, so, so glad to welcome you into our space. Um, In this episode, we are going to be talking about college Gladys. and university and everything in between. But just before we go right into the episode, let me just give a brief shout out to everyone who has been listening to the podcast so far. We thank you for all the love we have received on Woo! all our episodes. It's Woo! been so amazing. And for those of you who have been saying that Auntie Hassid does have a better voice than I do, hey. I respectfully disagree I think I have the better voice, but um, that is another topic for another day. (laughs) Yes, yes. But I also just want to, you know, send all of you love. I wouldn't want to mention names because I cannot remember anyone, everyone, sorry, off the top of my head. But we thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. But most importantly, we hope that you are learning all the lessons from the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we also invite to share your own learnings from us. Uh, we hope that uh, by sharing each of our learning experiences, we are building a safe and supportive community where we, you know, grow together and just build our mental health. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So let's just go into the episode. So college. Hmm. I, I mean, college is college. University is university. It will always be university and nothing's going to change about it. But one thing that remains constant is that you just need to find the right group to show up with. Mm -hmm. You know, and today we are going to be serving the tea on roommates. The people you are forced to go habit with, you know, for those of us who don't have the protocol and privilege, you all been flaunting in our faces and getting your own rooms and apartments (laughs) and universities. You know, roommates are the people you are going to cohabit with. You know, the people that you're going to be spending majority of your days and nights with, you know, that's until the sleepovers and all the, you know, collaborations set in. But anyway, without wasting my time, let's dish and serve. Yeah, dish the tea. Actually, we are not dishing tea. Mm, dish. This is this must be mental health tea, you know. But just before we go right in, I just remember something. So a friend reached out to me and said our podcast was different from all other mental health podcasts she listened to because it just had a different vibe. We were addressing real issues, but then approaching it with a genial, you know, friendly vibe instead of the usual, you know, sad and gloomy vibe. And I think that's really great. I think that's a unique selling point. You know, that, of course, also take the negative feedback and, you know, find how we can apply. So let's go into the episode. Let's see. So until you are in a serious, cohabiting, marriage-approaching relationship, your roommate will be the person you are going to come home to. And yes... Whether you admit it or not, everyone and their mother wants someone to come home to. Mm, I like it. Like that. someone to share the highs and the thrills as well as the lows and the setbacks with. Like when you go into the world and life will whip you. Huh? When you go into the world? When you go into the world. Yeah. And life will whip you. And you, you just want you to that safe back. space to, you know, come back to. Yeah. 
Yeah. And for many people, including myself and auntie, having somebody to get back to after a long day to just simply offload everything onto someone that you can just be yourself around within your own space is one of life's many major blessings. Mm. And I can confidently say this because I have never lived alone my entire life. The closest I have gotten to living alone is when I lived in Rwanda. But even that wasn't a completely alone situation because I lived in a commune. Okay. You know, I grew up with siblings. Then I moved to senior high where I had dumb ways as a person. It has put me through and held me through some of the most challenging moments I have ever experienced mm-hmm. in my entire life. And, um, you know, let me just give you from all this mushy talk. Let's just get real right now. Roommates can also be a first-class pain. Winches. Pain. (laughs) Like, they are single-handedly responsible for the most disasters that the world has experienced till date. Honestly, no cap. And, I mean, I can't just get into all the details. Before I even go into my own tragic experiences, Auntie, just back me up here. Before entering university... One of the many advices and you know, well wishes was for me to you know, get a good roommate, a, a good person. Aside focusing on my academics, I was told to be very careful when it came to the people I was going to share a room with. Honestly, me, I was tired of it. I didn't get it. Like, why so much? Shit? I lived with 30 girls in a room. In senior high school, I was fine. So how could that be compared to the same com- um, four to later one girl? So yeah. those are my roommates. Yeah. They were worried, and me, I was excited. I was excited to be with people you know, to show their their real selves. Unlike you know, in high school, where in the room it's like your housemistress has has left her eyeballs in the room. <laughs> 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 so having roommates was the most exciting part of university I anticipated, which is very weird. Mm-hmm. Out of all the excite exciting things I I could have looked forward to, yeah, see me, see that was what you were excited about. And I was happy to be meeting new people yeah. and build a network, boo. I had expectations, boo. Yeah. So I looked forward to having people I could build friendships with. But in general, I just wanted kind, considerate, and non-judgmental people. Non-judgmental people. So, 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 so. In my first year, I had three roommates. I knew none of them. We were all fresh out of senior high school, so we were all new to the university experience. We had a lot in common, you know. The SHS life, it was, it was still there. And we had no boyfriends. I don't know why that made me very happy. Because the tales I heard from other rooms. Hey. <laughs> Boyfriend <laughs> drama. Hey. There's nothing like university boy drama. But you, you know how reporter rooms are like, hey. Oh, but Auntie Dano, you are telling us your school. But, uh, I, anyway, shout out to all our key and USD next. But we've said this before that we, we are from tech. We have? Yeah. Oh. I also report. I mean, you are in tech now. You, you still went to tech. You cannot <laughs> change it. Okay. So, okay. We used to do a lot of things together. Cooking. Going to bath at the same time. Attending events together. You know, when, start, when classes started, we'll go. We'll go and do our own things during the day. And later, we'll meet and 
offload on each other. So I can say there was sort of a bond. Those were good times until two of them decided to become one and leave the two, two of us out of things. Do you get them? Yeah. It was awkward and uncomfortable sometimes. From that experience, I decided that in the next year, I was going to just have one roommate. I would have gone in for the option of having a room to myself, but... <laughs> Yo. See, uh, let me just say, it wasn't safe. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't safe. You know, expensive things, they're not safe for me. So, but in general, having roommates for the first, for like a first time was an okay experience for me. Okay. And I was grateful for that because people really had a rough in yeah. the first year. Yeah, I do not doubt that. And you know, an interesting thing that I have trained myself to do is not to have expectations of people for my own peace of mind yeah. and my own sanity. I learned that later. Yes, because life. I think there's a real value in keeping an open mind about people just so you see and appreciate them for who they really are and you don't unnecessarily criticize or punish them when they feel to match up to your own standards or expectations of them. Mm, okay. Like, let me let me go into this. So before I moved to the university, my parents made arrangements with my aunt and uncle so that my cousin and I would room together. I had never physically met that side of my family and a, a lot of them actually at the time. So I didn't have a concrete opinion on him and the whole situation. I was going to say that that would be nice until you said like you've not met him before. Yeah. You know, he was family. Plus, there was no way my mother, knowing who she is, <laughs> like would have paired me with someone who was just going to stress me out. No way. Like no chance. So I went along with it, you know, hoping for of the, for the best. And, you know, I'm typically, you know, kind of outgoing and I like to make people comfortable, you know. So I feel like oh, this is definitely a situation I can wing. You know, it's, it's, I mean, how hard could it be? Three months in and I was not just ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to throw it down, jump all over it and burn it (laughs) in front of my eyes. I I genuinely felt I had had enough. We were so dissimilar in every thinkable way and it made coexisting in the same space very, very difficult. I think our family, gender and church were the only similarities we shared. Honestly, you know, at the time, I spoke up about it. You know, I informed my parents, who then told me they had been afraid of something like this happening. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Let's maybe go into that. You see, because of certain family dynamics too, that I want to share here, by the way, we could not go our own separate ways. Though I sincerely felt like both of us were ready to just get out of that situation, to be very honest. Mm. Since speaking up obviously did not work as well as I had hoped, I resorted to internalizing all of it. Ooh. And I'm sure I'm sure you're shocked now. Yeah, you know, I used to, and I still think that too. You know, we practically never said not more than 20 words to each other our entire stay in the university. Now, imagine waking up wishing you had the entire space to yourself, literally avoiding any form of physical or non-physical contact between you and the person just across you, leaving for class and returning, dreading the environment you were walking into for four years, staying in this vicious cycle for four years. It usually got worse when I had people over and they asked millions of questions. You know, why aren't you talking to each other? Is there a problem going on? Why does everyone feel like, you know, the polar cups are present in here? Stuff like that. You know, try explaining something to someone 
that you don't completely understand yourself. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm talking about. So by internalizing this, what I mean is that I did not talk about it, talk about this with anyone, aside my parents, of course. I bottled up all the different emotions. I kept a fake cool and told whoever asked that it wasn't such a big deal, which was a blatant lie, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I just went to the flu. Then before long, I realized I was subtly changing. I became a bit reclusive. I spoke only when spoken to. And I lacked the energy to just do about anything. You know, that kind of catharsis and lack of energy or vim for anything at all. You know, as a result of some, you know, the environment in which I was, that is what I was feeling. You know, my mental health was degrading and everything was suddenly so irritating to me, class was irritating, loud noises were irritating, music was irritating, and I knew I was changing, and I knew I did not have a handle on my change, but at the time, I could not tell that my mental health was being affected. I thought it was probably just a shift in mood, something that would pass when the situation changed, yeah. but I didn't realize how deep it had gotten. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, how about you, though? So what what happened was that the day she arrived, she arrived two days after me, and I was in the room. And when I got back, she, when I got back, she had fixed like she had fixed up her side of the room. Okay. I was sad. I don't know why. I don't know why I cried, but I cried because. I was waiting for her, so we'll fix the room together because I didn't want to do something she wouldn't have liked. Yeah. Or something offensive. So that lack of consideration and thoughtfulness yeah. from her side, like it entered my heart. And that made me have a perception of her not want to have like a relationship. I mean, her, her lifestyle was very different from mine. We never said a word to each other other and the funny thing was her friends instead became friendly with me okay that's awkward yes and and that disturbed me because i felt like she was going to think i steal people's friends in this case you're stealing her friends yeah i honestly thought she didn't like me until one day we had a conversation and I found out she thought I did not like her. Me, I was shocked. But then from there, we put those feelings aside and actually built something positive from there. I mean, we were wearing each other's clothes and shoes. So I can say there was a relationship. So uh, her, she was in her final year, yeah. so she left. So we ended on a friendly... Tim. Yes. Great. In my third year, I got a new roommate. <laughs> I was very anxious. I was very careful not to expect so much and also not to impose anything. But when I tell you that chameleon did me wrong, hey, I still had, you know, I just like doing things together with people. But this time, I was trying to be very careful. So this time, I, I suggested that if she didn't mind, we should do certain things together. And she agreed, and I was happy because, to me, it's very economical. Yeah. Cooking together, 
she agreed yes so we got to know each other we were comfortable like those things the first semester was great we we're actually very friendly with each other and very comfortable we could talk to our good, good roommates yeah happy in the second semester see if i had known what that what was coming in i would i'm going to sleep in the poly tank because <laughs> you, this may not have this may not be major for some people but it really messed me up yeah. This girl, up to now, I still believe maybe she swapped souls with someone on her way to school or something because I do not understand. Yeah. The switch up was serious. In me, I will cook a lot because in my mind, I, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not alone. I don't live alone. And, you know, we eat together and those things. Yeah. And she knew that I, I, when I cook, I don't cook for just myself. Like, I actually cook a lot. I have a lot of era in my life, so I cook a lot. Then, before I can, I could realize she had cooked the same thing, and I was like, "Hmm." As in the same food as you. The same food I've cooked, and I was like, "Ah, okay, okay." Then it got to like buying egg. Like I'll buy a crate of egg. When I realized she was going to buy one egg and she's frying, I'm like, "What is going on?" Then I know I'm going to the but like let me give because this matter I just can't brush the surface. It was just too strange for me. I tried to have a conversation with her and the pupil of her eye the pupil is the black one, right? Mm-hmm. So like be at the back of her head. Or she just told me you are disturbing my life or on Wednesdays or she just just pretend brush it off. Yes ignore me like terms and conditions like what did i do in the beginning i thought she was maybe going through some things you know but the situation kept getting worse i started thinking i might have done something and i was really disturbed oh my friends will come to my room and they'll greet and it's like if from anna hmo room name and i was very embarrassed to be honest it got to a point she was actually like crossing some boundaries that we had set, like rules we had agreed on. So it was like I was living with someone who didn't consider me to exist. Yeah. One thing is that I can get really ex I can get extremely worked up over minor things. Well, not minor for some well, minor for some people, but not for yeah. me. I, I can, like, worry. Her new behavior did things to me, honestly. So, as a first... So, I was thinking... So, the first semester, it was... was it was a show or something. Because I didn't get... You know, I'll go to class. And instead of paying attention, and I'll catch myself thinking of what I may have done wrong. Yeah. I stopped my friends from coming to my room. I just didn't like it. I, I got tired of explaining that of explaining that the whole situation was strange to me as well. It's like I was walking... And whenever she was around, it's like I was walking on eggshells around here. And I hated, hated it. That's, that's one of the things I, like, hate the most. Not knowing why people sort of switch up on you. 
there are tons of words I may have done to get such reactions from someone I was cool with becomes a burden. It is depressing. It takes up so much of my mental space and my time. Especially coming from someone I shared a room with. Can you imagine like living in such a negative and nasty environment? My room is like my safe space. Yeah. You know, you're going to hustle on it. <laughs> your room should be your safe space. Yes. And then you come back and, you know, yeah. it's very <laughs> It's very suffocating. So yeah. Yeah, I that's my winchy moment. I, I, I do get you to my own extent though. Right now I'm even scared because she was also in fourth year, so she has slept. So I'm going to get a new roommate. Yeah, and all these questions. And I'm thinking. Yeah. Is it gonna be another winch? And second guessing, you know, to know if it's really about you and something. Or like what was it me? Yeah. But it wasn't me. I mean, well, whenever I share my own experience, a question that always comes up is what what would I have done differently? Mm. You know, I like to think that this question is not coming from a place of pity or some place of sympathy because I have long since left that pity party, honestly. Whenever I recollect or I recall those times, I feel a lot of things, but the most prominent of them is gratitude. I know, I know it's crazy, and I don't want to be one of those people who preach focus on the positives, do on the good things. Because even though that does work occasionally, it never quite has for me, to be very honest. True, in some complicated, jumbled up way, that situation reaped uniquely beneficial situational blessings for me. <laughs> That's so long. Uniquely beneficial situational blessings. Yes, yes because I'll get into that later. But however, what? When I say I feel gratitude mm, or I'm grateful, what I mean is that I have made peace with what's happened. Okay. I accept that it came with both good and bad. I embrace it as part of my own story and I am thankful that I experienced it when I did. Because, folks, this gratitude literally transformed me. I, now I'm going to get a bit spiritual. You know, I, I, I literally ascended this peace cloud that rode so high, I felt almost untouchable. Of course, there were these moments when I wanted to wring my hair out. I never figured out how to totally avoid those. But overall, I felt good. You know, my energy was intact most of the time. I felt a tad lighter. And I regained a semblance of myself after I started practicing gratitude. Okay. okay. You know, just by the way, just to digress a bit. Isn't the mind amazing? Because how is it that, or how, it is, how this mind is nourished with whatever you feed it? And it transmits the same energy to every other part of your body. You know, so if you are feeding it positivity, your entire body is filled with positivity. Mm. And if you are feeding with negativity, your entire body is filled with negativity. And so well. you start feeling bad and sad and down and even sick. Yeah. Physically sick. You know, I know I'm digressing a bit, by the way. But I just want to put across that you do not have to accept any behavior as normal or the usual or something you can manage. Because if you truly cannot, and when you, can, when you truly cannot, I promise you that you would know when you truly cannot. You just cannot. Yeah. And I say this because a lot of Ghanaians, I think it's a cultural thing, but we, we are raised to be stoic. 
and to not express ourselves yeah. as fully as we want to and to just internalize everything and just manage or endure. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because I have seen firsthand how internalizing all these thoughts and emotions can poison the spirit. How in an attempt to carry my own cross, I was harming myself and there was no one to carry that harm along with me. We need to be honest with ourselves because we are all we've got. We don't have spare bodies or second shots at this life thing. If we do not preserve and improve what we have, we really will have no one but ourselves to blame. You know, you know, once I attempted opening up to someone, an older person, and he told me that this was a test of endurance. It was readying me for the workplace in the real world. So I should take it all in my stride. <sighs> yeah, he really said that. I think that was when the vision for this podcast began taking shape, you know, in our minds after I shared this with you. Because first of all, here is someone yeah. of an older generation. So right, I mean, right off the bat, he was completely insulated from my unique Gen Z realities, which, by the way, are more complex than anything he may have experienced in his day. Because we might have experienced the same problems, but to different degrees. And my problems are bound to be more complex than his problems because life in this age is much more complex and much more messy than life in the 70s. And, you know, enduring, those were his words. When, why should you endure when you can begin a conversation that will lead to meaningful change? Because what is the value of endurance when you are constantly mentally and emotionally stressed yeah. with no end in sight? And I used to think that a, lot, a large chunk of this stemmed from overstretched biblical principles. Actually, I still do. You know, because Ghanaians love to play the Bible card. Because that endurance is completely taken out of context. You know, there are numerous examples in history to disprove this pseudo-Christian principle of endurance. If the Black Lives Matter movement had decided to endure George Floyd's murder <laughs> as something that black people all over the world were meant to live with, the massive civil rights action that we witnessed globally a couple of months ago, would have never occurred. Millions would have still been blind to the dynamics of systemic racism and justice would have still been denied some black families and communities. Mm -hmm. You know, our generation, our generation really is not just unique because we are the most interconnected generation to have ever existed in the history of humankind, nor because we control over 150 billion US dollars of the global economy, nor because we are the most socially engaged generation of the time, of all time actually. But because the problems we face are intersectional in nature, mainly because we are intersectional ourselves, wildly and proudly so. Because there, right now, there are medical students who are DJs, law students who are commercial models, engineering students who are dominating open mic nights. Imagine how by internalizing the discomfort, all the unease and all the crappiness, you would effectively be transferring that same energy to every other thing you do. And what you'll be doing in that instance is that you'll be creating a chain of mediocrity, you know, which will further darken your mood and push you further down, down to the point where you are unable to recognize yourself anymore. So it's like a chain reaction of bad energy. Mm. You'll be failing as a doctor or you'll be given 50% instead of 200% as a medical student. Then you'd also be given 50% to um, your, your modeling gigs, 20% to your... And basically, you'll be mediocre in mm. all the things mm. that matter to you the most. And there's no one there to help you carry all what you are bearing within. All this is just endure, you know. Mm. 
just carry on. Like, we, abnormal things are like normal, especially with the grown folks. Yeah. Like sometimes, some some of the things my uncles and parents will even say, like, like it's normal. I'm just glad that for us we are open to unlearning some of these things. Yeah. These harmful behaviors. Yeah. You know, and just by the way, that's one thing I really like about social media and especially about my Instagram. Uh-huh. Because I realize I am connected to so many communities and so many people who use their Instagram to channel, you know, as a means of channeling all the feelings that you're feeling inside, you know, with just a simple picture, yeah. you know, and a caption, mm. that an honest caption, mm. there's like so much that is shared that really has the most massive impact. Mm. You know, I read something about someone's mental health, someone my age who is experiencing problems similar to things I have experienced. And I feel like, oh, yeah. I have a friend in this person. I might not know them, but I am not alone in my struggle. You know, and, and always, that works. You know, support. I don't have to sit down and feel like I'm alone and endure and endure and endure until the day I die. That attitude, cute. Hmm. I don't know if people are capable of being there with you, like when everything is good and you know, like when you get some good news, like yeah. you want to share with people. I don't think it's a reach when you are like going through something you have to that one day you have to keep it to yourself yeah you must get support when you need support yeah yeah Yeah, back to roommates okay sometimes the whole roommate situation can and cannot be avoided especially Knowing how different we are as individuals, there are going to be clashes. Well, well, well. I ex. I. Have I told you something wrong? Nothing's wrong. Yeah. And you know, the first time I was like, maybe I did not hear well. So I asked her again. And that was the same reaction. So I took it. I, I took what she said. She said, nothing is wrong. Yeah. And I needed to know why. And from what she said, I had done nothing wrong. So I took it all in. You, you, you know something? You have the conversation. The outcome is really uncertain. Not as I expected. But that was what she had to say. So for me, that was the truth. I cannot come in. Yeah, Yeah, so you took it as the truth. Yes. I couldn't keep worrying about an issue that clearly wasn't bothering her. And a relationship that wasn't mutual. That's some... Was she scopial? (laughs) See this? <laughs> it's nonsense, poor life choices. <laughs> so, I had to once again take charge of my mental state. So, I did some things. Staying in my room gave me a headache. I'm serious. So, I stayed in my room less. I went for long random walks. Oh, luckily for me, I had a friend. I have a friend in the hostel, so I just go and hang out in this room. I stopped making cryptic posts about someone who wasn't clearly paying any mind to it. Yes, please, me, I used to do that. Used to do that. What's that? 
You know, somebody's doing oh, something. Oh, I see. I'm All the social media posts about how you're being wrongly treated. Yes, but mine yeah. wasn't that. It wasn't that cringe. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. And so I did activities to distract it from my existence. For example, like when she was around, I just sleep. Okay. Yeah, and most importantly, talking to someone when I got overwhelmed by it. Yeah. I mean, talking to the right people was very important there were times i spoke to someone and what i got was the small thing a crime you know like what you say it's normal take it like that and focus on your life like zero solution zero empathy and it just made me seem like maybe i was overreacting you know like like you know and that was that's why it is always important for me to speak to the right person when i mean the right i just know someone who wouldn't trivialize and make me feel like i am overreacting you know when i talk to you the first time about something and like the first time you make me feel like i am overreacting i'm not going to open up to you again yeah of course no matter what all these it seemed like I, i was doing too much but then i had in mind that I was doing it for my sanity and I'll do anything to protect my sanity. And that's never too much. Else I will die. Yeah. We cannot die. And it's a survival of the We're still young for yeah. the yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um that's a wrap, guys. Thank you for listening up to this point. We hope that like with every other episode we've recorded so far. You definitely have learned something. You definitely have gained some closure. And you are at a better point mentally than you were when you began listening to this episode. Even if you aren't, we really, really trust that you will be soon. You will find it in your own time. No pressure. But if you need support, our DMs are always open. Engage with us on Instagram at unguidedpod. Send us an email. Our emails include in the show notes as well as links to all the resources we used in preparing for this episode. Just holla at us. You know, we we love all the feedback we've been getting so far. And if, you know, we are definitely also open to helping you or connecting you with the right kind of support that you need since yeah. we are not hood therapists. ourselves, <laughs> uh, so, us and let's keep talking. But until next time, I, I know something to get some bye. It's like, bye for now. <laughs> oh my God. It's bye for now. <laughs>